It's time to get all set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics with your hosts, Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer. When I hear the coffee brewing, I think, what the heck we doing? Because I got barely any sleep last night. As the doctor bag I pack with hot wheels, dollies, and some snacks, I say, oh, pray there'll be a seat in the front room this time. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. Matthew, Mark, or Luke, or John, no idea what's going on. I can't pay attention at any good rate. Looks from parishioners, old ladies, and ushers. I guess I'll throw some extra bucks in the collection plate. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. It's all right, because I'm all set for. It's all right, because I'm all set for. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. Welcome to All Set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics to be a little more prepared for Sunday Mass. My name is Scott Williams. My co-host is Jeff Trailer. Hey, Jeff. Hi, Scott. I've uh, missed you. I, I've i missed you, even though I've been with you basically every day for the last month. Yeah, nothing says busy and distracted Catholics like two guys who have a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics, but get too busy and distracted to record their podcast for two weeks. That, so welcome back. That never happened. <laughs> that never that never happened. It did happen. Oh. But I was humbled by the the many listeners, not just seven like our guest assumed, but many like he assumed we had seven total, but many people who reached out, including some concerned priests who said, Tell me you're just taking a break and that this isn't over. Yeah. Which I assume means they're tired of writing their homilies. But, <laughs> but yeah, I was I appreciated all of you who reached out and noticed that we didn't make the podcast. That alone was kind of a reaffirming thing of, oh, people noticed. Tell me about that guest that you spoke of. Yeah. So during this two weeks that we've been off, the one priest that we actually spent an extended <laughs> amount of time with, Father Patrick Hyde. Um, th- sorry. The very reverend Father Patrick Hyde, VFOPFOTP, chaplain sacrilegious. TP. Uh, FOTP, friend of the podcast. Oh. Uh, (laughs) And that's his full signature line, people. Uh, Yeah, we we spent some time hanging out with Father Patrick at a conference that we were at, yet never recorded a podcast. And here we are two weeks later and convinced him to come on for our our comeback here. Father Patrick, thanks for being with us. Scott and Jeff, it's good to be back with you. I'm always happy to be on the show. <laughs> Friend of the podcast. And uh, since our last, my last time on the show, I am now the uh, unofficial, official Fox religious chaplain. So excited to come back in a new role uh, with you all. Oh, I yeah. love it. Father Patrick is teaching people the dangers of casually saying something to Scott and I, like, <laughs> I should just be your official chaplain, and then us just running with it as fast as humanly possible. Yes. <laughs> I'm happy to be a part. Do we do we call you chaplain now? Father chaplain? Father Father Very Chaplain? Yeah, I, I think so. I, the very the, the chaplain more, Father Patrick guy. <laughs> yeah, the more titles you can give me, the worse it'll be for my ego. <laughs> Listen, our goal is to just like challenge you in your humbling nature. Amen. Perfect. 
All right. Well, are you ready to just jump into the two-minute drill? I am. Here's an interesting thing. So for two weeks, we haven't done our podcast, and yeah. people haven't been able to be prepared for Sunday Mass. And then this week, we kind of scrambled to try to find a priest, and Father Patrick was more than willing to do it. But Father Patrick, being a Dominican, is yeah. celebrating the Solemnity of St. Dominic this Sunday. Oh. Correct, Father? That is correct. Which means that's what we're going to talk about, which also means that very few of our listeners will actually be prepared for their own Sunday Masses. So That's fine. Thanks, everybody, for hanging on. Next week, we'll do our best to get back to the regular Sunday readings. But here we are. Now, if we'd what? like to do a Does- quick run-through of the 19th Sunday of Ordinary Time here be, I'm also prepared for that because, as regular listeners will remember, I'm a huge nerd. So I'm prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so is it, is it different readings when you celebrate the... There are proper readings for the Solemnity of St. Dominic for us Dominicans. Yes, correct. Interesting. Okay. So I prepared the, the readings for St. Dominic. Uh we can maybe, Father, since you are, as you stated, but I would 100% agree with a huge nerd, maybe as we're discussing those after the two-minute drill, you can just kind of tie in the themes from the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time. and Maybe I'll do my own two-minute drill of the 19th Sunday Ordinary done, Time. Done. Done. And I'll bet yours will actually be two minutes. All right. Two-minute drill, Solemnity of St. Dominic. Uh, the first reading is Isaiah 52, 7 to 10. So here's what we learn in this in this wonderful reading from Isaiah. The mountains are beautiful. Uh, Your God is king. The sentinels can see, our sentinels, they can see the Lord's return to Zion. Uh, But we should be comforted because the Lord has redeemed Jerusalem and he has bared his holy arms, which in itself was, I really enjoyed that phrase. Like we should be in awe of of God's right to bear arms. But he has bared his holy arms to us, showed a little skin. Whatever that means, it should, it's apparently something we're supposed to be really excited about. So that's our first reading, this, this buildup and this anticipation of the joy and the, of the kingdom that God brings us. Now, Father didn't send us a responsorial psalm, and I don't know if there is one specific to the solemnity. But I don't care because I'm going to go back to the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Because if there has ever been a banger alert, here it is, Scott. Yeah. Scott. What? Banger alert. Oh, you got you want me to do the thing? Yeah. <laughs> this this week's responsorial psalm for the 19th Sunday. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Mm. Now, if you can't imagine guitar mass mm. with a canter up there, just eyes closed, weaving their head back and forth, just taste and see. Just all the range being hit in there. I don't know where you've been going to church. Just a wonderful responsorial yeah. psalm. The second reading, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, chapter 4, 1 to 8. Okay. Now, this one, I don't know a ton about St. Dominic, but man, like this one really screamed Dominicans to me. So, it says that we are charged to preach, even when it's hard, even when that we must be evangelists. That's going to be tough, but we are charged to be preachers, to fulfill our ministry, And that fidelity will be rewarded. Fidelity towards that preaching and doing that. It will be poured out like a libation, which I I know one Dominican very well, and he's great at preaching and he's great with libations. And so (laughs) I know that that must be, uh, that must be specific to the order then. Uh, And then our gospel reading this week, 
um, our gospel for the solemnity of St. Dominic, Matthew chapter 5, 13 to 19. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, what can it be seasoned? Or what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything to be thrown out or and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others, and they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. Do not think I have come to abolish the laws or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass from the law until all things have taken place. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches the commandments will be called the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, Father, Father Patrick, did Jeff get anything wrong? Anything you want to correct him on? I think this will be the first time I say this in my many appearances on the show, but I think Jeff did a bang-up job of summarizing this weekend's <laughs> readings. Am there I are the no corrections based on the Greek or anything along those lines. He seemed to have really, in his own prayer this week, taken into his heart the fullness of God's uh, word for the solemnity of St. Dominic. That is awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about um, the the uh the the readings this week what what are you planning on preaching on is it specific to your parish what's what's uh what do you got on your mind well uh, you know scott if you don't mind let me do a little two minute drill for those who are um who will attend pretty much every other parish in the archdiocese in the country this okay week. yeah we'll do that now just to give them a little sustenance for this weekend um this weekend the 19th sunday of ordinary time year B, we're in our second of five consecutive weeks of our exploration of John 6, the Eucharistic dialogue, the Word of Life discourse. Um, in the first reading, we see the prophet Elijah being fed miraculously, uh, bread that will feed him for a 40-day and 40-night journey. And in the gospel, we hear Jesus say, I am the living bread of the living bread that came down from heaven. I am the bread of life, we heard last week. I am the living bread. And um, as I was thinking and praying about this, the living bread is what I'm going to focus on or what I would focus on if I were preaching on it. Because I think sometimes in our life, especially with our sacramental life, we can look at it as instantaneous or momentary, right? I received Eucharist at that point. I entered into marriage at that point. Um, what the Lord desires for us is for a living relationship, something that is constantly growing, and uh, being enriched, made new. Um, if I were to ask both uh, Scott and Jeff, what the best day of their life was because their wives are listening. I'm sure they would say it was their wedding day followed shortly thereafter by the birth of their children. Um, but and the day we started a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. <laughs> but the beauty though, is we that those moments that you oh, have, <laughs> those moments of like where you really experienced, where you were fed, where you were nourished 10 years down the road, it should be even better love that you have. You may not point to a specific moment every day in marriage or in family life where you would say, that's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. But by living it with fidelity, living it with conviction, the living bread is in a sense made present 
each and every moment of those days, even through the difficulties and the struggles. And I think um, Jesus is really trying to help us understand that he is meant to be in our life, not as a you know, occasional guest, but as a, a living bread that sustains our faith. And he does that literally through the Eucharist and then also through his grace uh, that comes from the Eucharist and the other sacraments. So that was my, my brief synopsis of uh, 19th Sunday, ordinary time you would be. Now let's go into the Dominicans. Man, your uh, your two minute drill was kind of a snoozer. <laughs> not saying you got anything wrong, but woof, woof. I'm glad that's not what it's like mostly. All right, sorry. Now I'm going to start by saying, okay, Scott and Jeff, what can you tell me about Saint Dominic de Guzman or the founder of the Order of Friars Preachers? He had a dog. Jeff, what else? I thought this was like a back and forth thing. I would say something, then you would say something. Yeah, you used my thing. I don't. Uh, I don't know much about him at all. Now tell me what you know about Saint Francis. Welcome to my dumb questions for the day. So what do you know about Saint Francis? So I, I, I mean, I, I know more. So we we named our son Dominic, okay. not necessarily. Uh, af- like, I've. I, I guess I should say I've learned a lot about Saint Dominic since we named him Saint Dominic. So some of the things that I know, the he's often often pictured with a dog with a uh, a, a flame or a torch. In, in the dog's mouth and there was a vision that his mother had i believed and that that uh dream of the dog with with the flame would mean that the that he would be a good preacher and would preach the word of god and um that that's the mission that god had set out for him yeah but most people and that's beautiful and you've learned that because you named your son dominic which is great right. most people have no idea who St. Dominic is. I'm, I'm most people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know I literally, the extent of what I know about St. Dominic is that he is who the Dominicans mm-hmm. were founded by. Yeah. And that, and I know the dog thing because sacrilegious has a sock with a little dog on it and it's a good little sales pitch to <laughs> a, a little plug. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if we look at St. Dominic's life compared to St. Francis of Assisi or St. Ignatius, he doesn't have this huge conversion. He doesn't have uh, this dynamic personality. If we the success of his life is not significant, you know, St. Francis within his own lifetime has all of these followers who are following after him. St. Dominic dies five years after the order is founded. Mm. Um, my parents, right after I made my first vows, they drove, they flew over to Europe to visit my sister who was studying in Barcelona. And they drove from southern France along the coast to visit my sister in Barcelona. And every little religious gift store they stopped in, they wanted to get a statue of St. Dominic. Couldn't find one. He's from (laughs) that area. Couldn't find it. And I think it's a good reminder for us Dominicans in particular that our Holy Father, Dominic, when he started the order, it was more about the mission of preaching and the salvation of souls than it was about the individual glory, success, or characteristics of the brethren, that we were called to be of service to the church, to bring people back, especially those who are in error, those who are in sin, to the full life that the church offers um, through the gifts that are given to us in prayer, especially deep abiding uh, contemplative prayer with the Lord. And so we look at St. Dominic, I see for us as a church, a Dominican a moment in, what do I mean by that? St. Dominic 
one of the stories of his life is that he, um, one of his first converts was an innkeeper who had taken on this heresy that St. Dominic encountered in the south of France, which is a dualistic heresy. Basically, there is a God who created the world and is evil, and there's a God of the spirit who is good, so anything in the world is evil. St. Dominic stayed up all night long with this innkeeper, talking with him, listening, listening to him, praying with him, all night long, and by the end of the night, this innkeeper came back to the Catholic faith. And to Jeff's point about the readings from Ephesians that we have for this week, or excuse me, Second Timothy, um, Ephesians is for the 19th Sunday, this is a reminder that we are to encourage, to challenge, and to preach with all patience and teaching is a great reminder to us in the world right now of instead of looking at the people with whom we disagree, St. Dominic saw the Albigensian heresy as a great evil and wicked thing, but he saw the people who had given into that heresy as the beloved of God, which they were, and desired to bring them back so as to help save their souls. And what a great witness and a great opportunity that is for us who are in the order of Friar's preachers to emulate our own father, to not allow ourselves to be reduced to the battles that go on of name calling, of the social media blasting of people, but to enter into real rigorous conversation, to listen, to pray with, to challenge, to encourage the people we meet so that we can help lead them to the fullness of life within the church and the salvation that the Lord desires to impart on all of them. Kind of going to the first reading, blessed are the feet of the one upon the mountain of he who brings good news. Let's bring good news to people. Let's focus on, instead of the craziness of the world and entering into every little battle, let's bring the good news of Jesus to people and recognizing that, especially in those moments, if you go to the prophet Isaiah there, there's this moment of real doubt, of difficulty, of recognizing the, the pain and the suffering of the world and of the people. And yet it's the blessed one who brings the good news. Let's be that witness of prayer, that witness of devotion, um, and the witness of the truth that St. Dominic was, even though he didn't get the fanfare, but millions of people have come to know and love Jesus because of the mission and the order that St. Dominic found. I think it's fascinating that you said that because genuinely, and you use like Franciscans or St. Francis as an example, but you're absolutely right. I feel like I could tell you tons of information about St. Francis, but I don't know that I could accurately describe to you like the mission of the Franciscans. But with St. Dominic, I can tell you almost nothing about him, but I think what I could tell you about is Dominicans that I've encountered and what the Dominican lifestyle looks like. And not like I'm some expert, but I would definitely have more of an idea so I think that's really it. I didn't even realize it until you had said it, but I think that that is uh, striking that it wasn't about, it wasn't necessarily about the charisms of the person. It was just about that, that greater mission in the greater uh, service there. And I think to, to the point then of what you were talking about in the world we're dealing with and like in, in the world we're in and that the church is in, it's a similar idea. Like the mission of bringing people back is much more important than than despising and fighting and like arguing over the char- the character of the person who has that belief. It's much more about sitting with them and helping change that mindset and change that thought pattern. So I think there's a uh, a, a balance there or something, a, a good comparison there to what you were talking about. That's 
Thanks. That was good. If you want a good story about St. Dominic too, after he died, the brothers buried him in with all the other brothers. And it was another 20, you know, about 15, 20 years, the Pope, Gregory the Ninth, I believe, who had known St. Dominic. And he was the one who told the Dominicans, wait a second, you need to reverence this guy. He was a saint. You need to promote his cause for canonization. And so then they kind of figured, well, I guess that's what we're supposed to do, right? You know, he was a saint. But it's just a, it's a great reminder that um, in our life, in our order, that it's not so much about the holiness or the greatness of the brother. It's about the mission. We're all called to holiness. We're all called to, to strive after that, but each according to his abilities um, and for the great, you know, for the, for the mission of preaching and the salvation of souls. Some brothers are going to be incredible in that. Some of them are going to be dynamic preachers from the pulpit. Some of them are going to be scholars. Others are just going to live a holy life. And that mission of just being focused on leading other people to Jesus, of hearing confessions, of saying a good, holy, and faithful Mass. Uh, what a gift that can be to the church to focus on those things instead of the things that divide us or instead of the things that about which um, we may never come to um, agreement. But if we have the person of Jesus being proclaimed and not only being proclaimed, but the moral authority with which we live our life, I mean, Dominic lived a pretty poor life. He lived angelic chastity. He really lived a life of prayer. He would spend the entire night, most nights in prayer. They would say that he would speak only of God and with God. When we live that life, regardless of our personalities or characteristics, God is glorified and we can lead other people to Jesus. You mentioned uh, at the at the beginning of, of this explanation that the world needs a Dominican moment right now, mm-hmm. um, or some, some phraseology of that. What what do you think that looks like lived out in the average Joes of like a Jeff and a Scott? Well, here's the other beauty of the Dominican order. St. Dominic always saw the order as a gift for the entire church. So the original Dominicans are actually nuns. Mm. Uh, and then the friars. And then we have the third order that's been with us. So lay men and women who attach themselves to the spirituality of the order. Um, there are hundreds of thousands of lay Dominicans throughout the world who are basically saying we're going to live this Dominican spirituality every day and strive to bring it into our parishes and into our work. And Dominican spirituality is pretty much uh, summed up by St. Thomas Aquinas when he says uh, in Latin, contemplata alii stradere, to give to others what has been contemplated, the fruits of what the Lord has revealed in our hearts. And this is the universal vocation of all believers is to draw close to Jesus in the sacraments and in prayer, and then to share those gifts with the world. So we all have beautiful gifts and that are different and unique. St. Paul talks about this in the mystical body of Christ, that we are all part of the body of Christ. We each have our own role to play. And the Dominican spirituality is one of drawing close to the Lord in silence, drawing close to the Lord through careful study, of our Catholic tradition, because we believe that that is the fullness of the truth, and then sharing that either through our simple or wonderful way of life, teaching, preaching, but just sharing in one way, shape, or form Mm. what God has done in our hearts through careful study of his word and of his tradition, of the tradition of the church, 
and deep and abiding encounter with the Lord in prayer. That's awesome. That is. Jeff, do you do you want to share some of the gifts of the world and some dumb questions or do you have... I would love to. Okay. Are you ready, Father Patrick? I'm always ready for Jeff's questions. And Let's I don't think they're dumb questions. They usually are. Dumb it's time for Jeff's dumb questions. The part in the show where the glow of the flame of knowledge grows a little dimmer and our collective IQ goes down a few points, all thanks to Jeff. We're sorry. All right, Jeff. All right. First one comes from the readings here, which I haven't done in a while, but uh, it's it's more clarifying, I guess, or just making sure I understand. But like, what, what, what is Zion? Where is Zion? What is this? Is Zion just heaven? Well, there's the spiritual Mount Zion, but then there's also a hill in Israel oh, called Mount Zion. Yep. Nothing like seeing Father, the priest who were doing the podcast would do some Google eyes. Not Google. <laughs> there's a hill in Jerusalem called Mount Zion. Okay. We are called to pursue the spiritual Mount Zion, which is in heaven, because if we go to the Psalms, again, I can share my screen with you, not Googling. If you <laughs> look at my just a nerd, it's the the perfection, the holiness to which we our hearts aspire. Okay, that was a good answer. Yeah, that, that helps. Me. I'm always I I've just I've always been like I think I get the idea here, but just want to make sure. So all right, uh, I I want to talk more Dominicans because I think this is a good opportunity to educate people on Dominicans. So I I want I have a couple of questions and, or just like clarifications or thoughts, but like essentially, obviously this Sunday, big deal. It's a big deal for the Dominican celebrating the solemnity of your founder, St. Dominic. Tell me like, what are distinct characteristics? Not like every one of you as like individual humans fits in the same box, but like what are characteristics that are going to draw somebody to the Dominican order versus every other religious order out there? So one of the things we talk about in Dominican life are the pillars of Dominican life, which are prayer, study, community, and ministry or preaching. So our life is built around that. Uh, we pray together, the Liturgy of the Hours, in all of our houses, at least morning and evening prayer every day, sometimes more. We pray in choir. We sing the Liturgy of the Hours. So it's a more solemn, more intentional, a slower way of praying together. Uh, but not only is our prayer communal, our prayer is contemplative. We're called to pray the rosary every day, meditate upon the mysteries of the life of Jesus and Mary, and to spend at least 30 minutes in silent meditative prayer, uh, particularly before the Blessed Sacrament. So we're called to have a life that's not just communal in prayer, not just perfunctory in prayer, but deep and abiding. Uh, spend as much time as we can in that sacred silence study, is another part of our life. And this is probably the one that is most attractive to people in that our spirituality is one of really wrestling with the tradition of the church, of really trying to understand the theological and philosophical underpinnings of our faith so that we can engage, uh, especially the modern world, in the questions that they have about faith, about the intersection of faith and reason, of really being students of our entire life, 
not just having a very technical understanding of one thing, but of really immersing ourselves in sacred scripture, in the tradition of the church, in the sciences, both sacred and secular, so that we can engage the difficult questions of our time. We live in community, so we always live in community. I, I live in what would be considered a smaller community. There are four of us. Most of our houses are more than six friars, and that's so that we can have time together as a community, uh, so that we can continue our own personal and spiritual and moral formation. Uh, also, so that we can live a contemplative life, so that we're not lone rangers in a parish doing all of that work, but working together. Uh, we live in community also in the sense that we hold all things in common. We don't have individual possessions or things along those lines, but the community is the possessor of our goods. And then the last thing is what stems from that life of prayer, study, and community is the proclamation of the word of God. For some, for most friars especially, that is sacramentalized in our homilies and things along those lines. But the preaching is really the way in which our life of prayer, study, and community is manifested in the world. It is bound to the truth and the fullness of truth that the church teaches. But it's not necessarily just sacramental, homiletic, or institutional preaching. It can be the preaching of the gospel in terms of a relationship or a leading of a conference or giving a retreat or something along those lines. But it's also just living the life of integrity and grace that comes from living the evangelical counsels in community and in prayer uh, with a life, a spiritual life centered around study. So that's what also attracts us. And then we also have, as far as I'm concerned, the greatest religious habit in the order are in the church. Uh, you know, you know, all white, a belt with a rosary on it. You know, well, that was that was going to be my next question. Is rosary? Uh, that was going to be my next question. Was physically, if somebody's just walking along and sees a Dominican, what are going to be like the things that distinguish you from any other? Again, any other religious habited religious order. Well, the, the all-white habit is one thing, but there are other communities that have that. Our, our black cape and hood that we wear over the top, called the kappa, uh, that would also separate us. We don't wear that often. It's in choir. It's only worn during solemn occasions, and it's also worn as a winter coat, if need be. Um, that's really <laughs> inquire solemn occasions spiritual and practical <laughs> that's essentially what it emerges from is the need to stay warm <laughs> one of our priests uh, did his doctoral studies over in Germany and he said that when he showed up there they gave him a wool habit with a wool kappa because they would hear uh, confessions through the winter in a church that didn't have heat and so they would basically just put on the wool habit and kappa and sit in there and bundle up so that they wouldn't freeze while hearing confessions. Um, so it, it, the, the liturgical garb or the habit has practical as well as spiritual dimensions to it. Well, in, ver in versus, at least in my experience, other orders that wear white, the Dominicans wear the, the full scapular. Full scapular and the full hood. So the Norbertines would have a smaller almost kind of a, not, not a usable hood on there. And they, yeah. they wouldn't wear the, uh, the scapular either or the rosary and the belt. Yeah. Norbertines look more like the Pope. Yeah. But as a result of our all white habit with the hood, we have, unfortunately, especially where I am, Indiana university had several instances where people have 
confused us for other white hooded Ku Klux Klan, <laughs> which we in no way, shape, or form support. And you know, in fact, they probably hate us as much as they hate anybody else. Um, but it's always a good opportunity to witness to Jesus wearing our habits and to invite people into a conversation of no, we 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 don't hate anyone. In fact, our mission is to share the love, the fullness of God's love with the world. That's why we were founded. And then the other big thing that I think distinguishes Dominicans is the rosary. Correct. So the Dominicans were the great preachers of the rosary. The rosary that we have is derived from the rosary that was shared by the Dominicans. There are different types of prayer beads in the church, but what became the standard rosary that we have comes through the Dominicans preaching the rosary, uh, especially in the 14th and 15th centuries. When people didn't know how to read, when people didn't have access to books, and if they did, they couldn't read. They had access to the life of Jesus through meditation upon the, the mysteries of the rosary. But then every Dominican has a 10 decad rosary on their on a their 15 belt. 15 decad rosary. 15 decad, sorry. Yes. See, dumb questions. Somewhere 20 decad rosary in, in honor of the luminous mysteries. I am a stalwart of the 150 decad rosary because the rosary was also a way for people who couldn't read or who didn't have the time to imitate the recitation of the Psalms. There are 150 Psalms, there are 150 uh, Hail Marys on the rosary. And so the idea was that it would be a way for uh, people to pray a comparable prayer, even if they didn't have the time or the ability to do so. So it's not required to have the 15 or the 20, just have a rosary, or is that technically part of your, your, I'm going to say uniform, but I know that's not it, but like, I can't tell you what the Constitution say verbatim as to what type of rosary we're to have on our belt, yeah. but I have never seen a Dominican without a rosary on his belt. Got it. And then do those come like standard issue, or is that, like, you can't own anything? Do you buy it? Does Is that gifted to you? Do you get it from your mom? That would be Brothers come in groceries by different means, of course. Mom or dad might give you one. I'm a member of the Central Province of Dominicans, and our novitiates in Denver, what happened when I was a novice is on the day of our vestition, when we received the habit as the official start of our novitiate, our first year of formation, the novice minister came out with a box filled with rosaries, and he offered each of us to take a rosary. Um, I, I think the rosary I have on my belt now is different from what I was given as a, a novice. I think the rosary I have... I'm not mistaken, it was given to me by a friend through my solemn vows. Um, but yeah, we you can buy them or you can simply uh, take one from the box. <laughs> take one from, awesome. You've also, you've told us stories before about uh, dead friar habits. Yeah, so, so in my province. Dead friar habits and dead friar rosaries is a thing. In my province, when our brothers die, normally up in Chicago, our provincial headquarters, their old habits were buried in a habit, but usually we have two or three. The habit that the brother is not buried in is sent to our novitiate in Denver. And for the novitiate, you, if you can find a fully pieced habit where all three pieces haven't been scavenged, you can wear that, but oftentimes it's a hodgepodge habit of different pieces of habits from brothers who in some cases have been uh, called home to God decades before you enter the novitiate. 
So here's another question. You, all possessions are possessions of the community. Correct. correct? So like, we like if you've got a set of golf clubs, they belong to the community. Correct. Okay. So could, can you have a dog? Some of our communities have dogs. Uh, right now, I don't think any in our province do. The issue with dogs and cats and things like that is the brothers will have allergies. They're hard to move. They usually tend to be tied to one particular brother. And if that brother gets reassigned, the new community may not be able to receive it. And what do you end up doing with the dog? So we tend not to have pets in our communities, although it's not. There's some deep familiar. irony there for yeah. the Domini- for St. Dominic's order to not have dogs. I feel like you guys should be like fire stations. Everybody should just have a little Dalmatian sitting there or something. A statue. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to get you a statue of a dog. Thank you. You're not you, your community. I will gladly accept it on behalf of the community. Any other uh, fun facts about Dominicans that our listeners should know? Well, I obviously love the Dominicans. Um, I am absolutely convinced and I've given my life to the necessity of the order, to the importance of our mission. And I just would encourage anyone who is discerning or open to discerning a religious or priestly vocation to inquire with the Dominicans, whether they be in the Eastern province, the Central province, the Southern province, Western province, or one of our sisters in Ann Arbor or Nashville, or one of the convents of nuns, monasteries of nuns. It is a great life. It's the greatest joy of my life is the life of a friar preacher. And when I was discerning, met the Dominicans in person, and really started to understand that, I realized that because of our life, the way we live our life in community, a life of prayer, a life of study, that whatever the Lord would call me to in terms of ministry, in terms of how I preached, I would be happy. And Mm -hmm. I know that as a daily experience because I never really anticipated being the pastor of a Newman Center. And yet because of the richness and the fullness of our life and the joy that it gives me, as difficult as it may be at times, it makes me a joyful and happy parish priest. And well, statistically speaking, one in every seven seven people are called to be Dominicans from what I understand. So there's at least one person listening to this podcast <laughs> that should, <laughs> should join the order. Well, uh, uh, weekly listeners. <laughs> yeah. Father Patrick, thank you so much for joining us this week on all set for Sunday. Jeff, you all set? I'm all set. All right. We'll see y'all next week. We promise. It's all right, cause I'm all set for. It's all right, cause I'm all set for. It's all right, cause I'm all set for Sunday.